This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as part of the Armchair Media Network. The NFL is still hammering out the details, but the draft will take place April 23rd to 25th. Seven days would have been cooler. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the host who is blocked in NFL Defensive Tackle 101, and with me, as always, is AJ, the Browns are back, baby, Marquise. I still don't believe you uh, You played against Nathan Shepard. I pancake blocked him. The story's going to get larger each time. I put him <laughs> on his ass. Today, we're going to be counting down our top 10 interior defensive line prospects in the 2020 NFL Draft and previewing the AFC North Draft plans. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Going out to Vegas, maybe. Looking for a young or a two-o. Don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third or don't let's go seven rounds let's go seven rounds together let's go seven rounds forever and that's a song the perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come so when you need to find the next person to help you you grow your business linkedin jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for, so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability, LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people who you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn, and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. They apply like when I pancake Nathan Shepard's ass. That's what's up. That's what's up. We lost, but I won in the trenches that day. It's true. Uh, Look at where you are now. Yeah, sick. Thanks, AJ. Uh, More importantly, we're going to talk about defensive tackles that I probably couldn't pancake block. I, well, I don't know. I could probably get an off-balance uh, Marlon Davidson to the ground. <laughs> if, we're gonna, if, we're, if we're getting real with it. I'm, I was going to ask you to say a name, so I'm glad you did. Um, anyway, I, I like looked through and made sure I wasn't saying someone I really like. <laughs> just, you know, just in case they want to add me to their entourage later in life. That's smart. That's a good call. But you would never join Davidson as entourage. No. Imagine me being 
Javon Kinlaw's turtle. You, you would be a great turtle for Javon Kinlaw. I know I would. I get How easily like, own a tequila company. See, I think we fucked up not joining Neville Gallimore's entourage. Yeah, well, that's true, because I did pancake Nathan Shepard, but I couldn't get to Neville Gallimore. He's too good. Yeah, we, He's playing, <laughs> playing in a better league than I was. Yeah, you went to prep in Welland or something. Oh. Well, oh, I did Welland. remember. I did block Thon Maker that one time. <laughs> that one's not true. <laughs> that means you admit I pancaked Nathan Shepard. Neither are true. The show's anyway. off the rails. Imagine coming in, you wouldn't even know what the show's about other than me flexing about the time I pancaked Nathan Shepard. Wait, what'd you do? I put him in the the dirt. I body bagged him. Speaking Imagine of body bagging, to this somehow. <laughs> That, that's why I can say these things is because I'm confident like six people listen to this. I already lost this listeners that one time, so it's probably happening again. Thanks for sticking around, Casey and James. Uh, anyway, let's talk defensive tackles. Um, the interior defensive line class, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, somewhat. Maybe not as deep as you'd like. Agreed. I think it's almost, it's very, it's similar to the guard class. Um, not in terms of, I like, I think it's better than the guard class, but in terms of people are going to be all over the place with the rankings. Yeah, I, I think like the top five guys are pretty solid, and I feel comfortable th- about those guys. Mm-hmm. But then, like, but it's a big drop from five to six for me, and then I agree with you. It's it's all over, I think. People are going to yeah, disagree a lot. I agree with you. I think the, f- the, the top five guys are pretty clear but even then the the order you have them mm-hmm. in outside the top two maybe two. three uh i i think it varies a lot and then um yeah after the after the five it's like anything goes and even like there's a guy i have eight who i know is in some people's like top 50 and he's very much not in my top 50 like um and i think it drops off quick too yeah i like my six through ten are pretty much like third round guys, and then there's a group. I have a big group in the fourth, and then I think mm-hmm. it drops off pretty big. Yeah, no, I agree. I have my my guys who are six to nine are all like kind of in the third round range, and then my ten to like my ten eleven are kind of in their own range, and then it drops off. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like. Uh, 11 through 15 decent like mm-hmm. i have all mm-hmm. fourth but I, I like i'm not even like banging the table it's it's a lot of it's a lot of interesting rotational guys who certain guys yeah. have upside here or there whether it be with athleticism or power mm-hmm. there's a couple day three guys I, i'd be very interested in but um overall yeah i think it falls off quick uh if you're not getting one of those top five guys i think um you're not even sure you're getting a starter uh, yes, I agree. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk highest floor. Who's got the highest floor in this class? And let me start by saying I think the highest floor and highest ceiling are pretty clear. Uh, yeah, I agreed. For my highest floor, I think it's clear. Derek Brown from Auburn. Yeah. The, the thing that kind of caps his ceiling is obviously he... Some people, I think, thought he was more athletic than he was. And I think he tested worse than he, he is a, as an athlete. Like, I think he's a fine athlete considering how large he is. Um, like, 6'5", 326 is massive. 
And he was dominant this year at Auburn. There's yeah. no denying that. He was, I think, consistently one of the five best players in college football. Not Definitely. necessarily top five prospect, but just consistent week in, week out. Disruptive, set the tone. That Auburn team had no business being as good as they were, and I think it started with Derrick Brown. Like, consider that Bo Nix had one of the worst, I think, quarterback seasons in college football. Um, and they were still able to be a consistent uh, top 15 team. Well, he was SEC Freshman of the Year. Of. Oh, yeah! Derek Stingley was an SEC Freshman of the Year! Dude, and like the, the more you dig it... I don't want to rip Bo Nix right now. It's not, <laughs> that's not the time. But the more like SEC defenders you watch, and Oregon when they played them, all those guys, uh, Bo Nix was really bad. He... Oh. We, like, immediately knew he was bad because, like you said, they took on Oregon week one and Oregon should have beat them. And yes. Bo Nix just because oh, – anyway, we're talking Derek Brown. Could um, you pancake Bo Nix? No, because he's just – he's so – he's, like, rail thin. I'd miss. I need <laughs> big targets like Nathan Shepard. Uh, okay, but anyway, Derek Brown. Um I think what makes his floor so high is, at minimum, you're getting a dominant run defender who's got the versatility to play nose, one-tech, three-tech. Hell, he, I think, not consistently, but he can move out to five-tech if need be. Uh, Because of the length, because of the power, he wins as a pass rusher with power uh, and and heavy hands. And that makes up for some of the athleticism concerns, but obviously mm-hmm. his ceiling is capped because he's never going to be a Dar- Aaron Donald double-digit sack pass rusher on the inside. No, I feel the same way. And, like, going back to your original point, for, for 6'5", 326, he didn't test bad. And like you said, looked like a better athlete on the field than his testing number. So I, I don't worry about that too much. But it, it does limit that combined with him not being, like, a freaky pass rusher. It limits his, his ceiling. Like... But even then, like, he, I think, is a Pro Bowl player. Me too. Top 10, like, clear top 10 prospect in this class who's going to be a dominant run defender, who's going to be in the range of five, four to seven sacks maybe a year and be, like, a competent pass rusher. He's not, again, he's not going to be Aaron Donald, but he's going to be such a disruptive player in the run game anyway. I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a guy who creates a lot of sacks for other guys too. Exactly. Like if you pair him with one of like a more classic athletic three tech and like Derek Brown can play three tech, he can play one tech. Like you can move him around, he gives you yep. versatility in your front four because of that. And then on top of it all, he's a high football character guy you want in your locker room, who's a tone setter on your defense. I just think he's a really safe player, even though his ceiling might not be like he might not be an All Pro, but I do see a Pro Bowler here and a no, top I, player. I fully agree. Like he, I don't want to use the the safe word already, so I'll say he's he's one of the most safe guys in the class, obviously. And uh, yeah, I, like like you said, just dominant run defender. It's like every single snap, he just f- fucking eating up the line of scrimmage. And again, like going back to his his pass rush ability, like he's just so strong. He plays with good leverage. He can bully guys into the quarterback's lap. I agree, though. He's not going to be a double-digit sack. That 4-7 to seven number is good. But, like, if he's if teams have to double-team him just because of how powerful he is or uh, just pushing the pocket and letting the edge get around, I think he's going to create a lot of sacks for other guys. I, I think I could see him making uh, multiple Pro Bowls for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really interesting to see where he lands, yeah. what kind of front he ends up in, and who's around him. Uh, because I think he is... He's one of those guys who could go anywhere from 
like the like seven with the Panthers to he could have a bit of a tumble maybe because his ultimately his ceiling isn't as high as Javon Kinlaw's who I'm assuming you have his highest ceiling as well I, I do I was about to ask you like uh, what do you think the odds are that Kinlaw goes ahead of Derek Brown the only reason I could see it happening is well Kinlaw had about as good of a couple senior bowl reps as anyone yeah to to then mix in how great he is built and he didn't obviously he didn't test which is almost a win for him when you saw how some yeah. of these other guys is a lot of them were inconsistent with their testing like even neville gallimore he blew away the 40 but his three cone was terrible yeah and so I, it's I, almost like kinlaw won because he didn't test i think you're right because like i mean kinlaw is already a very good player but his whole potential is that he has big time potential so if like you're seeing a freaky explosive guy on tape like he's lightning off the line of scrimmage i i don't think he would have blown away the testing but i think it would have tested very well but yeah it's almost like, like it he, could only hurt him a little bit i he, agree with you he wasn't gonna test like a davis brother like come on now <laughs> but he uh, he would he would have tested i think the probably had the overall best combine of the guys I have in my top five uh, interior defensive yeah. linemen. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it didn't really end up hurting him that he didn't test because he had that senior bowl. And on tape, he's clearly this explosive pass rushing monster. And that's what gives him the highest ceiling is the pass rush upside with his explosives. Like if you throw on the Alabama game, some of the things he yeah. did in that game where it's like, it's just him. Like it's, yeah, he is putting on a show against Alabama or Georgia that in the upset victory over Georgia, like it's the splash plays. He maybe he's not as consistent as Derek Brown snap to snap. Yep, but he flashes like when he makes a play. Not to say that Derek Brown isn't like disruptive or anything because clearly he is, but Javon Kinlaw just makes like jaw dropping plays, and I think that's why I could see it end up happening that Kinlaw goes over him just because the pass rush is upside. Yeah, like no, if, I understand. Yeah, if ahead. the if the Jaguars are sitting there at nine and they're debating these two, would you be surprised to see them go with a Kinlaw over a Derek Brown? I wouldn't be shocked. I, I, I it'd be a tough decision though. Like I, I don't think, and that that's saying a lot for Javon Kinlaw. I don't think it'd be an easy decision either way. No, de- definitely not, and it, it's really interesting. Um, I almost hope it happens that a team's sitting there and like clearly needs an interior defensive lineman, and uh, I'd like to see which way they go just because Derek Brown's going to be more impactful early on, but the mm-hmm. overall upside, and obviously it's a pass-happy league. Kinlaw's presence in what he could be outweighs what Derek Brown is now. And like for me, I said I have Derek Brown 10th on my board, or in my top 10, sorry, and I have Kinlaw just outside of it, and almost in most classes, I think Javon Kinlaw is a top ten player, and I, I'm yeah, sure he is for some people. For sure, I, like I have a top fifteen grade, which most top ten guys get from from me. So, like, it, yeah, I think in most classes he's a top ten guy. But yeah, he, like, okay, first of all, he, he's somewhat like six five, three twenty four, but carries it, it better than like, him, anyone. Him and, him and Derek Brown are essentially. They're, well, they're the same height. Derek Brown's two pounds heavier, and they look like different, like, humans. Yeah, it's insane. Like, he's so body beautiful. He's lean and mean. And then, like, he's a leverage monster. Like, it's so natural. And then, I don't know, man. Like, his upper body is so powerful. You, you combine that with his leverage. He puts guys on the ground consistently. It's like, it, yeah, he does have to develop his pass rush repertoire. 
Um, he gets stuck a bit if he doesn't win right you, off the bat. You, but he, you, yeah, sorry, you almost worry that if he's not correctly developed, he ends up kind of like a Leonard Williams, where it's this guy who's got it all, but if it doesn't come together, like Leonard Williams has been fine, but he has not been what people expected him to be. Yeah. And it, they're similar in length and power and explosiveness at that size on the interior, and you're just still kind of waiting for Leonard Williams to put it all together. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I I think I'm a little more confident Kinlaw will just because I think he's I don't know, just so more. I, I don't want to say anything bad about Leonard Williams, but like just he's so naturally gifted. I don't mm-hmm. like not Leonard Williams isn't, but like I don't know, man. I I I'm pretty confident that his. I I don't think Kinlaw's floor is very low. I'm like I'm high on Kinlaw, and I, I agree. I think he's got the yeah. Ceiling. Again, like I I think Derek Derek Brown and Kinlaw are just so much better than the rest of this class mm-hmm. Derek brown's just a safer guy because i think no matter what you're getting a run wrecking interior guy but with javon kinlaw it's all that upside and if he consistently puts it together he could be one of the i think one of the most impressive interior defensive linemen in the nfl i agreed which it's a weird thing to say yeah i have Derek brown over javon kinlaw but i think javon kinlaw can be the better player yeah, I mean, but again, it's not like you're too far off on them, and it's Brown is so safe, so I think mm-hmm. it's fair. Like, I, I, I think most people have Derek Brown over Javon Kinlaw, but I would not, like, shit on someone for going the other way just because, again, what Kinlaw could be. Mm-hmm. Projections, baby. Okay, who's your value pick in this class? Uh, okay, so I didn't want to pick a guy in my top ten, which I think is fair because we're going to talk about him anyways. So I went with a guy that one of the aforementioned guys I got in the fourth round, uh, McT- McTelvin Ajim from Arkansas. Oh, God damn it! I didn't know you were going to be this high on him. He was, I had him penciled in as my sleeper <laughs> because <laughs> uh, his hype are uh, It's okay. I, I can audible, but I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know where people are on him. Like uh, again, I got him like a mid late fourth round grade. Um, he's just, he's really interesting. Like, he's only one year of experience on the inside. He, he was playing edge before. And, like, you know me, Rob. I have an affinity for the bull in the china shop guy, and Ajim is that type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's qu- so quick off the line, which is another thing I just always covet. Um, he heads towards the backfield, but with zero plan. And, I mean, like, he looks like a really good athlete. He moves well. He keeps his feet, which... Former five-star so- guy, too. Yeah, that's pretty true. Um, which, like, for a bull in the china shop guy, if they're not keeping their feet, then it's, like, big uh-oh. But uh, for him, he does, so I like that. Uh, and then you see, like, in the backfield, really explosive, closes on the quarterback quick. And then, like, he needs a lot of work, especially in his hands. Um, I like to see him get a bit stronger against the run. He's uh, exciting, though. Like you said, like, when yeah. it, the splash plays are exciting. Yeah. Uh, he he was at, I think, the East West Shrine game, turned that into the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um. Pretty good combine. He's an explosive guy who is raw as hell. But you get him, especially in this class. Like I said, it kind of drops off quick. I'd rather bet on a guy like him who's got all the physical traits, uh, than maybe a guy who's more refined but lacks the overall athleticism. Just because there's just less upside there. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And like, like a gene at the in the NFL, like. Stick him inside, let him shoot a gap and go, and I think you're gonna have you get a rotational, yeah, a rotational yeah. pass rush interior guy there. Yep, exactly. After even after saying that, I went with more of a, a safer value pick, but a guy who has, I've kind of had a bit of a, a liking on for a while now. LSU's Rashard Lawrence. It's with Lawrence, 
he, he's been all over, and I'm still so shocked that he wasn't invited to even the East-West Shrine game. But um, I just see a guy there who's going to be a depth player on your defensive line, mm-hmm. who's got experience playing everything on the interior of the D-line. Like, he played uh, nose, he played one, he played three, he played a lot of five this year for them. And uh, I just, I like that, uh, the versatility. He's really stout against the run. Uh, yep. Maybe not, not the most explosive athlete, athlete in, the, in the world or anything, but um, makes up for that with a big motor power at the point of attack. I think he, he can be a rotational guy on your defensive line that makes an impact versus the run. Uh, and I just like his work ethic, his yep. motor, and he's, he's just a lunch pail defensive tackle. That's how I would describe him. No, definitely agree. I, I he's I have him in the late fourth, so he, I I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not crazy high on him, but yeah, that's, I agree with that's about where I have him too. Late fourth. Yeah, and I like again, like he's high character guy. He works his ass off. The motor's awesome. Um, I I like and yeah, like a lunch pill guy. I think his hands are heavy and like, I think like short area quickness. He's got a bit of it. Like it's not that bad. I I, I don't think he's gonna be completely inept. And also like he, he's thick and strong. He's six two three oh eight, and like he's a powerful guy. I think I agree. I think he's a safe value pick for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and like we even we were talking about it with the line O line uh, groups too. Just guys who can play multiple spots on the line. Mm-hmm. I'm always gonna be more uh, interested in um, because like the more you can do, right? Yeah, exactly. Also, I, I just want to say a guy who kept catching my eye while watching him was his uh, teammate playing nose, Tyler Shelvin. It's going to be an interesting guy to watch next year. Nice. Uh, I like that little plug for a year from now. Well, hey, he's the five-star with the green hair, number 72, big boy. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. He, he, he's, I think they list him at like 350, so. That's fine. You, you want to get my attention, weigh 350. Nathan Shepard sure didn't. Okay, who's your sleeper? I went with Broderick Washington from Texas Tech. Oh, that's I would have given you like props for even having him as a super sleeper. So, I, I see. I, I went deep. You called me out last week, so I went deep, deep. Yeah, it made you look like a <laughs> fucking fool. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not super high on him. I, I, I think he's like a six round guy, but I, he's he's almost. I don't know. Like he, he's not. He's almost in the same vein as Rashard Lawrence. He's six two three zero five, thick, strong build like Lawrence. Uh, great motor. Uh, plays with nice leverage. He's a really high IQ guy. He always knows where the football is. And then, like Lawrence, not the best athlete, but he plays his ass off. He finishes hard. He's a solid run defender. And then, like with some of the upside stuff, he flashes some really nice get-offs, some quicks. Plays with good leverage, like I said. Nice initial punch. I, I think in the six-round guy, you got a guy that you can potentially uh, get some decent snaps out of in, in the first couple of years. Yeah, it's an interesting pick. Like I said, it's people are gonna be all over the map, especially you said after that top fifteen. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's a bunch of interesting names and a bunch of guys who could go anywhere from fifth to like be priority fifth, uh, priority free agent. Yeah, and uh, uh, like Joe Gaziano, your boy. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw his name on my list, and I we've we have to mention him when we can. Uh, okay, my sleeper is uh, a guy who I'm still a little surprised never kind of took that next step at Ohio State, Robert Landers. That's an interesting one. Let's, and I th- let's hit it. He's a guy who I think you can probably get as a priority free agent mm-hmm. uh, because he was a rotational guy basically his entire career at Ohio State. He lacks size, like 6'1", 285. Um, 
he 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 played some one, he played some three, but he's obviously more built to be like a gap shooting three tech who wins with leverage, short area quickness. Uh, this year he was really overshadowed by uh, Devon Hamilton. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just every time I watch him when he's on the field, he's a guy who catches my uh, catches my eye, and I'm always very interested in one gapping three techs who've got the quicks to just shoot and make a play every once in a while, and and that that was him to me. And I I was quite high on him over the summer, and then he mm-hmm. like his playing time almost decreased this year as a senior. Uh, and obviously he was not at the East West Shrine game or Senior Bowl or anything. So again, I think you get him as a priority free agent, and uh, just a guy I'd want in my camp. No, I, that's a good pick. I agree. I don't think he's going to be drafted, but um, yeah, he. You're totally right, though. He every time you watch an Ohio State game, he just always keeps making little flash plays, and he's been doing that for a couple of years. I think that's a good choice. Thank you. Uh, who's your super sleeper? All right, I'm going deep again. Uh, I mentioned <laughs> you already know I like him, Garrett Marino from UAB. I figured he he would be here somewhere. I thought it would be Robert Windsor and him, but you know what? When I I, I liked Windsor, but his if you really want to talk Windsor, his 2019 just wasn't as good. Like he took his, you expected him to take a big leap and he didn't, his production dropped off a bit. I still kind of like him. I'm pretty high on him. Like I considered him for sleeper, deep sleeper, but I ended up like sneaking Washington over. And then I went really deep for here. So, well, you had uh, to go Garrett Marino by show rules. It's exactly. Hey, similar size as Robert Landers, six, one and a half, two eighty two. So he's really undersized. He's pretty old. He's like, I think he's already 25. So you I, I like love how him. you're plugged into the ages. I'm not. I, I should you know, be, I, but I'm not. Yeah, again, it's not something that's super important, but I, I like to keep an eye on it. Um, he, he's like he's like the uh, group of five Robert Landers, Rob. Thanks. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's pretty quick in the short area. I, obviously, he's, he didn't get to the combine, so I don't know how athletic he is, but I think he's a good athlete. So we can assume he's an elite athlete. Exactly. I mean, watch him in space. He keeps up. It's pretty good. Hey, his um, bowl game was impressive. Yeah, exactly. He plays with a great motor. Uh, mean as hell. Nice leverage. Yeah, he ends up on the ground too often. But actually, hold on. Quickly, too. He's, they line him up like right over the nose, but standing up, which I think is so fun. And he, he's got like a really nice swim move that's really quick that he keeps going to. Uh, don't have a draftable grade on him. But a guy that you can get in camp, I think he's a good character guy. I uh, It's kind of interesting. Yeah, hell yeah. Congrats. My super sleeper is Bravion Roy, the nose tackle from Baylor. Nice. Okay. And I honestly wouldn't have even called him a super sleeper. But then he wasn't invited to the combine. And mm-hmm. um, he wasn't I – th- I think he might have – was he East West Shrine game, but he wasn't at the Senior Bowl. He can play a role, I think, uh, for a team looking for uh, rotational nose tackle, some nose tackle depth. He's not a great athlete, but he's he's big. Uh, he's strong at the point of the point of attack. Um, he's not going to add much as a pass rusher. He can push the pocket a little bit, but he wins mm-hmm. as a uh, holding the point. Wins with leverage. He's short and thick. Uh, they list him at six one three thirty two. I'm not even sure he's six one. Uh, and I love a short defensive tackle. Uh, if we're being honest. Uh, and I just think if you're getting him as a priority free agent, uh, he, you can find a role for that type of guy, especially because a lot of the time with like interior defensive linemen aren't playing special teams anyway, generally yeah. speaking, that like depth guys at other positions, the athleticism matters more because they're going to be playing so many special teams. Like I love talking about special teams linebackers, but with a with a interior defensive lineman, you. 
if they lack some athleticism, it's less of a concern because they're not going to be contributing there anyway. So yeah. if if Bravion Roy's playing a couple, a handful of snaps a game just to kind of uh, sure up your run defense every once in a while on a clear rundown, then you, I think that that's someone you want in your training camp. We've seen a lot of those like UDFA guys and late round guys that are just like run plugs stick around in the league for a, for a long time. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's partially because. The upside's not great, but Roy's got, like, a higher floor than a lot of these other UDFA guys because I know I can find a role for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you see, obviously, Snacks Harrison is a, kind of a bit of a stretch of an example because he went to such a small school. But yeah. finding, like, th- those small school noses uh, in the later to undrafted rounds, it, it can pay off. Roy will be in the Panthers training camp at the very least. Yeah, oh, easy, easy. They'd probably Sad. take him in the first round. Didn't uh, Chad Reuter have him trading up for James Lynch or yeah. something? It so. was fucking sick. That made me so happy. I love, like, but clearly Matt Rules decided he's going with Temple Temple Tough, not Baylor. I don't know what did they say at Baylor, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, who's your wild card? I, uh, I kept it simple. A guy that could be a wild card for three years. I went back to Raekwon Davis from Alabama. Oh, okay. I like I didn't think there was a clear guy in this group. Uh, see, I I I have him as a late third round guy, early fourth. He he makes my top ten, but I don't love him. He, he's six six three eleven, but I mean, his what his best season in Alabama was the twenty seventeen season. I like to throw down everyone's stats uh, when we do these shows. I don't usually say them, but it's just nice to just like kind of get an idea of what kind of statistical output guys had. And it is yeah. so funny to me that Raekwon Davis had, like, he had, like, 10 sacks as a sophomore and then, like, two in his final two seasons. Yeah, it's insane. But the, the hype is still there. And, you know, the NFL, like, they see six six three eleven, They see Alabama. I, no, I, I, think, I think the hype's gone. He, his combine was bad. He, he like, I, I have a hard time seeing a team justify taking him top 100. I, I think he's going to go earlier than uh, I think. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm not that low on him. I'm not that high on him. But uh, he, He's he's my 10th guy, and I have a pretty large drop-off between 9 and 10. I just, uh, but, but I agree, he's a wild card. Because, I mean, yeah, like two years ago, people were like, this is the next Calais Campbell. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's my 9th guy, and uh, my 10th guy could easily jump him, and I kind of like him more. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Braquan Davis, good choice there. The size... The production from three years ago when people were all over him is like a top five pick. Um, and, and it's funny, like, Deron Payne ended up going, what, 13th, 13th to Washington? Yeah. yeah. And that was the year Raekwon Davis put up huge numbers, and everyone was saying how, like, Raekwon Davis is the better player there. <laughs> hey, to be, to, be, to be fair, we were low on Payne, too, so. Hey, I was too low on Payne, but I'm lower on Raekwon Davis. Much, uh, much me, lower. Me, too. I, I believe I have Raekwon, or Deron Payne like 46 on my board. Yeah, I think I had like a mid-second, late second. I was too low on him too, but yeah, yeah I'm a lot lower on Davis. Yeah. Um, my wild card is Neville Gallimore. That was my second choice. Yeah, I think those were the... You said there's no clear choice, and I think those are the two guys you kind of debate there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's Canadian, so props to that, because we are Canadian. Uh, Big-time athlete. Four-year starter at Oklahoma. Production was kind of inconsistent. Played a nose tackle role when maybe that wasn't the best 
yeah spot for his skill set he also dropped a ton of weight for this season too and is more built to be a, uh, a gap shooting three tack yep freaky athlete going straight his streak home was shockingly bad he improved it at their pro day but still uh uh i'm not too concerned with it because for some reason everyone's three cone was bad yeah um but what you're drafting is what neville gallimore could be if you're taking that guy in the first round because of how explosive an athlete he is coming forward because of the flashes when he pulls out that spin move he was it yeah. against Zach Shackelford, I think, on yeah, Texas. Yeah. That spin yeah. move is nasty, and knowing he's nimble enough to pull that off. Um, he's kind of built like a, a, the Geno Atkins type of defensive tackle, the Grady Jarrett type of defensive tackle, where he's shorter, explosive straight line, um, not like a freaky... Like, he doesn't carry it the same way as an Aaron Donald. No. But... Uh, he's still a very athletic gap shooting three tech, um. But you you worry with him is he's so unrefined. Like there, he just a lot of the time it seems like he doesn't know how to use his hands. Yeah. If you get him, he, he's done. Like if you get your hands on him, it's almost over a lot of the time. Like you just lock him up, uh, because he doesn't have counter moves because yeah. he's still learning to build that pass rush repertoire, um. So I, I think that's why he's wild card because some people th- I, I've seen say like top fifteen guy I'm not there with him uh, would I be shocked if he went top twenty no but I I don't think I'd be the one taking him there I think right now if you were to ask me I I, I think he'd be su- I'd be surprised if he goes top twenty but I wouldn't be shocked if he goes in the first round yeah I think he's back under the first round I, I don't have a first round grade I have an early second on him. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah me too. Like, like you said, there's so much potential there. I like him a lot, and I, like on tape, he, he looks a lot more agile than he tested. So, like you said, that's why I know was... everyone's three cone was so bad. Like specifically, the three cones were bad. Yeah, like like you said, he, he has that six spin move he breaks out sometimes. Actually, has a pretty nice swim move that he used sometimes. It's pretty effective. He's got to. He use goes it more to often. it. He. I thought he went to it a lot, and it when it worked, it worked hard, but. Yeah. When it didn't work, it was like kind of like you've beat him now because he went yeah, with exactly. it. You stopped it and it's over. Yeah, he's got no uh, second moves at all, and like like yeah, if he doesn't get the initial rush, like it, he 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 doesn't take the playoff, but he definitely needs to learn those secondary moves. I hate when mm-hmm. guys just don't do anything after they make a move and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hinted at that Texas game. My one of my issues with him is that uh, I just like to see him finish better. Like in that Texas game, he had two sacks. But I think he could have had like three more easily in like a TFL or two. He's just, he's, uh, he's inconsistent. The flashes are there. The stuff to put it all together is there. Yeah. But he he needs a lot of development. Um, yeah. Fit's going to be really interesting with him too. Yeah. Because like I, I said, I he played a lot of nose at Oklahoma, and I don't think that anyone's looking at him to do that in the NFL. Obviously. Yeah. I I hope a stupid team doesn't draft him. So. Well, now Seattle's going to take him. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, best bet? Derek Brown. It's got to be, even though we clearly both love Javon Kinlaw so much. You know, uh, like, Der- Derek Brown is going to be, like, I-, I-, I wouldn't be surprised to see him competing for defensive rookie of the year. Agreed, yeah. Like, it- 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 he's not going to put up sexy stats uh, for that award, so he probably wouldn't win it, even if he was uh, dominating for, let's say, the Jaguars. Yeah. Um. But, like, I can see him consistently being a 50-tackle, 
eight to ten TFLs, five sack guy for like ten years. Yeah, for sure. And sneak a, like a I don't know two three Pro Bowls in or even more, more than that. Yeah. Uh, okay, you want to jump into counting down our, our uh, ten ten to six here? Let's do it uh, again. My ten to six is uh, pretty Close. tight. Yeah, it's tight. I don't. I don't know. I don't. It's all thirdish round, right? Yeah, it which goes is me late. too. Yeah, I, I go from I have a, like the highest my number six guy's mid to late third round guy, and my number ten guy's a late third early fourth round guy. Okay, and I could probably I, I might even switch them to be honest. Anyways, number ten for me is Devon Hamilton from Iowa State. Okay, he's eleven for me. I like him a lot though, but I've seen some people be really high on him. I, we'll, we'll get into him because I, I do want to talk Hamilton. Like I said, late third, early fourth. Next is Raekwon Davis, uh, also late third, early fourth. Um, eight for me is Lucky Foto from Utah. I'm sure we'll talk more about him earlier, but I like him more than I usually like nose tackles. Do you know I'm not, not the biggest nose tackle fan until they get into the NFL? I got a late third round grade on him. Uh, seven for me is Jordan Elliott from Mizzou. Late third round grade, uh, Rob. Th- wait, wait, sorry. Oh, never mind. But we're like off by one each time, so we're not going to finish very many drinks. And six for me is James Lynch, mid to late third round grade, who. We'll get into. Uh, anyway, I think you have a guy not in your top ten that I have six. Interesting. Okay, let's let's hear it. Uh, okay, so like I said, um, now that now I feel, I wish I I did like. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I'm just losing my mind here. Uh, okay, Raekwon Davis is ten for me. He's a hundred and twentieth on my board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my comp is Ashawn Robinson. Because, Sick. I mean, they played at the same school. So, it's easy comp. Easy money, baby. Uh, nine for me is Lucky Foto. 92nd on my board with an Eddie Goldman comp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see? My comps are the best. Eight is Jordan Elliott from Missouri. 85th on my board with a Shreve Floyd comp. Um, seven is James Lynch of Baylor. 83rd on my board with a Matt Ioannidis comp. And then, thank you. Thank you. Six for me is Marlon Davidson, uh, 80th on my board with a Lamar Houston comp. So that's the guy who I guess isn't in your top 10 who's six for me. He's number 11 for me. I have an early fourth round grade on him. Interesting. Okay, you want to first... start with Marlon Davidson? Sure, sure. I like. I don't know what to make of him. Like He's definitely interesting. I think Can the we... problem... Of the of, I went back, so I originally was evaluating him as an edge because he played a lot of edge he he yeah. played all over the place for them and then obviously he came in at the combine at 303 so i went back and i watched him kind of almost with a different eye uh mm-hmm. because i started like i was like well he's not going to be playing um edge in the nfl obviously so i i i, I reevaluated him essentially as an interior guy and i ended up liking him more and He's got obvious athleticism. Uh, I don't. I don't see like the first round stuff to me. That's crazy. Agreed. Yeah. Even like the second round definitely is too rich for me. Um, I would start looking at him in the third round. I think he's an interesting three tech option who's got uh, athletic upside and versatility. Wins with leverage. Um, he's got surprising bend for a bigger dude. Uh, mm-hmm. And you saw saw that because he's playing on the edge a lot and he's standing up a lot. Um, so I think he he's a bit of a project, uh, yeah. and th- that's why I don't understand the first round stuff with him. Even if we're talking the lack of first round talent in this group, 
pushing guys up the board. Like I, that's not the guy I would be betting on there. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a good senior bowl practice, and I think a lot of people kind of fell in love with that single practice. I was about to say that. I think that's where some of the round, the first round stuff comes from, maybe. And like he definitely looked really good, but uh, again, I like I can't even I don't see him as a top fifty guy. But yeah, he slides in at six for me. Um, he's definitely interesting, uh, yeah. but development is to be had there. I'm uh, like five tech, three tech. Like he's played a lot of spots, so that's also a plus. But uh, it's funny, like you have him eleven, I have him six, and I sound low on him too. Because uh, <laughs> but no, it's just the hype. But that that's just coming back to it. There's certain guys where like with him. Um, you mentioned already with Devon Hamilton, uh, Jordan Elliott. There's certain guys who I just don't totally see it with, and I've seen some people are just in love with these guys. Yeah, I think that's just what the group is after number five. Um, going, trust, going to David, trust your eye. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like Marlon Davidson. It sounds like I like him the same amount as you do, even though I'm a lot lower on him. Uh, you're, you're right, though. He, he's like it's weird that he stood up so much at edge. It's just it's hard to see past that, and I think it's there's gonna be a, a bit of an adjustment period to playing inside at the NFL. Um, but you're right though. He's kind of twit like he's not a great athlete, but he's kind of like he uses some hesitation and stutter moves, which is kind of fun. And you're like you're like does that translate to three tech or not? Uh, it, it's it's kind of weird. I, I do think he's a solid run defender though. I think he uses his length pretty well. If it's one on one, he handles. Um, he doesn't really get moved. He handles double teams pretty well, which those those things will translate to the inside probably. Mm-hmm. Which also one fun stat: he blocked three kicks this year, which is hell pretty yeah, cool. I love that. Me too. Lots uh, of guys. Lots of these guys had some good block kicks numbers. Let's jump to Devon Hamilton. That's a guy where it's. I saw him like if you want a Derek Brown type, but in a lesser way. That's the guy you get him in the fourth round. I think he can be a. Strong run defender, big time size, heavy mm-hmm. hands, uh, uh, strong at the point of attack. Uh, not the best athlete. I don't think he's going to offer a ton as a pass rusher, but an interesting guy. But then, then I see like second round, like top fifty, and I'm just not there with him. Yeah, it's kind of surprising how many people had him that high. I I do think his like he's got enough quickness for his size at, at three twenty. I, I think you see it. Uh, enough to close and get sacks in TFL, so I like that about him. Um, I think he plays with good leverage. Like, like his he needs to improve his hands, but they're heavy. Just needs to like uh, build build his pass rush. Yeah, no, more. they're 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 heavy at the point like as a run defender, but as yeah. a pass rusher, he needs to use them better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's like more of a pocket pusher than a penetrator mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But then he flashes some of that quickness that I alluded to, and I think like for his side, he's, he's a solid athlete. He's a good motor. And I think he's a really stout uh, run defender. I I think he's mm-hmm. like a one tech. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, well, uh, I forget. I had something else to say. Oh, I got a really weird comp. If you want to hear it, please. Marcus Tubbs. I loved Marcus Tubbs. Good Seahawk. Good Seahawk. He his he was supposed to be really good. His career got short, cut short because of injuries. He was a first round pick. But I see a lot of his game similar size in uh, Devon Hamilton. So that, that's the rare AJ comp. That might be the only one we get this year, but we got it. I give you uh, oh I give you Mike I give you Seahawks comps Mike Davis for the who was it Michael oh Warren. yeah yeah Michael <laughs> Warren yeah okay good keep it up uh, okay Lucky Foe too I think it's pretty with him it's he's gonna be a, a nose tackle obviously yes. he's massive he he wins uh, as a run defender with strength he can anchor down against the run yeah um, he plays with good leverage against the run 
he's a more of a pocket pusher if he's offering much as a pass rusher. I think you land him in the right spot and you use him correctly. You've got a long time starting nose tackle. Um, he's never going to be a pro bowler or anything, but he's a good football player. You know what's interesting though? I think he like does enough to be consistently a, a disruptive pass rusher. Like not a big time sack guy at all, but I think he pushes the pocket well. He eats blocks obviously. It's like he's got a usable swim move, which I think is kind of fun. But yeah, he's he's a nose tackle. Um, I, I think he's just gonna be a really solid guy. Uh, like you said, a really good run defender. Eats those blocks one on one. You're not moving him. Plants well against double teams. Uh, what funny thing is though, for was what is he six five three thirty? He's another guy who I think carries his weight really well. Yeah, yeah, he carries it like if you're gonna. I thought he was gonna come in not first of all. I didn't think he was gonna end up being that tall. Mm-hmm. Me either. I thought it'd be closer to like the Danny Shelton build, but you yeah. know he ended up being a little longer and, and carrying it better. Uh, okay, Jordan Elliott. He's another guy who you you kind of see all over the place, and we both seem to be in a similar range with him, like third roundish. Uh, Texas transfer who has a bunch of athletic upside. I think yep. flashes that penetrating quickness. He plays good leverage. But he's really raw with, uh, like, I think he can get moved in the run game. Yeah. I think he can kind of disappear for long stretches. I I, I just, for me, I see an interesting three-tech with athletic upside, but I wouldn't take him in the second round or anything. I, I fully agree. You know, one, one thing I do kind of like, well, sorry, you know what, I think he's a good athlete, but he's kind of slow off the line of scrimmage, which I don't like, but... um. You know what I kind of like about him is he seems like a really high-energy guy, like a tone-setting guy. He hits hard, which I appreciate, which, which kind of makes me like him a little more. But, yeah, I, I, like he, like if you're like putting a second-round grade on him, I think that's way too much projection of his upside. I I think I'm lower on his upside than a lot of people are, but mm-hmm. I, I still I still think he's, he's a solid football player. And I, yeah, I got a late third-round grade on him. And then James Lynch is kind of – I think he's one of the more like the kind of almost the most interesting of this uh, this grouping here, yeah. just be, because he played uh, five tech at Baylor and like he's clearly built to be a five like he's not a th- three tech one tech like you're looking to play him at, as a five tech who can kick inside a bit but yeah uh, I I, I uh, he he dominated at Baylor especially this past year with energy like huge motor tone yeah. setter wins wins with leverage. More pass rush than you're almost expecting out of him. Um, what do you have? Thirteen and a half sacks this year, somehow. Yeah, like I think he he's a guy who like at min- like he he's a Derek Wolf at minimum. Yeah, and ultimately he's just gonna be a really good football player. Start him at five tech, uh, and you get like hell. He could he could turn into a Brett Kiesel for if like I'm not fucking around here. He could be a Brett Kiesel one day. He he is so interesting though because like. Yeah, he put up those big sack numbers. It's almost like just felt like because he's explosive and like he, but like he, I, he I, tested like his, he tested pretty well. Um, yeah, when trend like I think it kind of got lost in the sauce a little bit because mm-hmm. I, the combine splits people up weird. And it was almost like he was listed as an edge rusher, yeah. but if you look at his numbers, uh, testing wise, um, as an interior guy, they're pretty impressive. Six four two ninety, but. Yeah, I think it fits really important for him, but I think he he can almost be an instant uh, impact guy as like a five and a three front. Yeah, no, I I think so too. It's he's so balls to the wall. Like I love it. He's 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 gonna be huge in the locker room. Yeah, Um, that's why I say he like 
like that Derek Wolf kind of immediate impact. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting guy who who can add a lot of just energy. I, I don't know. I just like he's just one of those guys where it's like, no, I don't think he's a top sixty pick or anything or like Chad yeah. Reader. I don't think he, Panthers take him in the first round, but third round i'm really interested in him and i think he, he gives me a long-term starter who can be a tone setter i agree yeah hit us with your five to one uh i don't i don't think i'm i don't know we'll, we'll see how different i am <laughs> number five for me is justin metabuki from uh texas A&M. i have a late second round grade on him so that's a bit of a jump from james lynch to him uh we'll obviously we'll get into him more and three, three and four are the hardest for me to separate. I ended up finally like the grade out so similar for me. I, I ended up following at uh, number four for me is Ross Blacklock from TCU. So early, four, wait, Neville Gallimore's four? No, no, Gallimore's three. So okay, then learn to speak numbers correctly, friend. That's what I said. Number four is no, Ross Blacklock. You, you said number three is Ross Blacklock. I don't know about that. Anyways, Blacklock is number four for me. Early second round. Well, grade. Then who's three, AJ? Neville Gallimore is number three for me. It's close. Also second. early second round grade. Uh, they're they're tough to separate for me. I agree. They're after the like the first two guys, Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw are both top fifteen guys, or whatever. Gallimore and Blacklocker ended up being much closer. Like if you asked me three months ago, I would have said Neville Gallimore's clearly the third guy. Yeah. You ask me now, it's like they're very close for me. Yeah, I like. I was I struggled putting Gallimore over Blacklock. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like you mentioned. He's, he's a bit of a wild card in that athletic upside, even though he didn't test well on tape. Uh, Blacklock tested pretty well too. They're they're tight. Anyways, uh, Endo Shock number two is Javon Kinlaw, top fifteen grade, and number one for me is Derek Brown, up true top ten grade. Yeah, so we had the same top five, uh, which I think it's this like almost the consensus five. Um, except for the people that are like, like sometimes you'll see Jordan Elliott over Matabuke at times. Yeah. Uh, so I have Justin Matabuke fifth. I'm a little lower on him than you. 77th on my board, John Reed comp. Four, Ross Blacklock. Uh, 36 on my board, so a bit of a jump. Darnell Dockett comp. Three, Sick. Neville Gallimore. 28th on my board, Grady Jarrett comp. Two, Javon Kinlaw. 11th on my board, Chris Jones comp. One Derek Brown seventh on my board. Akeem Hicks comp. So so let's talk about Medbukwe. Uh, I keep struggling. Saying he he won the combine of this group that tested. Yes, for sure. He helped himself a lot. I I think he's. I know you you got him a little lower, but I think he probably is going to go back into the second round just because big. No, I agree. Big upside. Um, yeah, former big recruit, if I remember right. My my big thing with him was consistency as a pass rusher like if he didn't win with initial athleticism it was yeah. like kind of like game over he improved his hand use i thought a, a decent chunk from his sophomore year to his junior year but the, at the same time that's kind of where i'm worried uh i think role as a th- like a a three tech in a one gap scheme is super important to get the most out of him mm-hmm. um, i, I th- he, he needs to get more consistent overall i i, I agree with you he's just he, he's like an upside pick yeah, definitely. Cause I, I and I think he's a lot more upside than Elliot. Like, I think like you you see him playing low, good leverage. Mm-hmm. Like he can get under the, the the pads and push. And like, I, I think he's like a kniving guy, like really slippery. He's good at getting between the blocks. Uh, just like good at not allowing a square hit on him. But yeah, he's just still gotta be more um, consistent overall with that. And like, uh, like he, he kind of gets washed with double teams, but y- you know, lots of guys do. But I just like to see him fight them better. Um, 
<laughs> and like I like to see him get a bit stronger. But one of the fun plays I liked from him was he had a pick against uh, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and on the re- on the return he lowered his shoulder and put the hurt on the quarterback. Which yeah, was really fun. Yeah, I, again, he he's he's kind of like an upside pick, and like you said, tested well, so he's he's got that athleticism. So like late second round guy, and like again, there's a bit of a drop off between him and James Lynch. So I feel like he's kind of alone in that spot, and I I feel comfortable with him there. But yeah. And then we both have Ross Blacklock four. He's kind of the last guy here we haven't talked about. Um, with him, he obviously he had a big freshman year, got hurt as a sophomore, and then came back and had a really strong junior year off. I think it was a torn Achilles. Yep. Uh, clearly a really explosive guy. He is the king of gap shooting almost in this group. Like yeah. he he can he can, my worry with him is he can get washed in the run game, but he also makes these splash plays in the run game where he shoots a gap. I, I just did the uh, SMU game yesterday or something, mm-hmm. and uh, they try to go with a sneak with Shane Bouchelle, and he he shoots the A-gap and, and, like, hits Bouchelle as the snap's, like, hitting his hand. That's how explosive out of his stance he was. Um, and he plays with such good leverage. Yeah. He, he just can out-leverage and out-athleticism a lot of people, and that's why he's such a good gap shooter. And he's got a huge motor. And he, he played uh, kind of all over the interior there. You, you saw him play a lot of nose, I thought. Um, and he needs to use his hands better. Basically, you just... The big, the big, big, big worry with him is he could be a big negative in the run game. Like, he could be making these splash plays, but also giving up a ton. And I think that's that's kind of what holds me back from having, like, I know, I think Daniel Jeremiah has him as, a, like, a top 20 player. He does, yeah. And that's my worry is he's also kind of a strange build, 6'3", 290. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. Yeah, but like you, like you said, I love the motor so much. He doesn't mm. stop working. And you, you tie that with the athleticism, and you tie that with a guy that plays with really good leverage. It's it's a guy like you like that you like to bank on, but yeah, those those flashy plays like mm-hmm. he just like <laughs> he, he's like he gets so low in between those gaps and splits the lineman and like and no, like he, athletic- he's got he's got I think some of the funnest yeah. tape in the entire class. Yeah, and like the interesting thing is like he's like almost on the ground, but like he's athletic enough to like stay up and finish and make the TFLs. Uh, I like him a lot. I again, I wouldn't be shocked to see him sneaking to the first. No, I, I don't think so. Like, I think him or Neville Gallimore is going to end up in the back end of the first round, probably. Yeah, me too. Um, and I don't know they, how they both could, uh, depending on how the board falls. I think, ultimately, receivers, tackles, and quarterbacks kind of push some of these guys down a bit. So Yeah. But anyway, uh, fun defensive tackle class. Clearly, Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw are the top. Then, I think, for me at least, Gallimore, Blacklock. Then kind of Matabuke on his own, and then it's, like, another tier. Uh, I fully agree. And there's, like, yeah, there's, like, a big group in the fourth round. I, I, we mentioned a couple of those guys for me. Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, rotational dudes for sure. Okay, let's do a little AFC North uh, draft preview before uh, we uh, we call the show so I can play some Pokemon. <laughs> Don't mention Pokemon. Too late. Uh, I'm taking on the Elite Four tonight. Baltimore Ravens, AJ, uh, hit us with your uh, AFC North draft preview for the Ravens' first three rounds. Uh, good luck with the Final Four. Wait, shit, with the Elite Four, first of all. I wish the Final Four was coming up. Anyways, uh, Baltimore Ravens, they have the 28th pick in the first round. I I think either Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen slip to them. I think it's more likely to be Patrick Queen, and I think they pull the trigger there. 
Uh, they need a linebacker. I think he fits them very well. Big, think, freaky athlete. I think you're correct. I, I, I think I'd rather have Kenneth Murray again. I'm higher on him. But um, I think you, you're happy at 28 with Patrick Queen. Uh, second round, pick number 55. Okay. This is a guy I'm higher on than this selection. You still kind of see him in the first round. But uh, injuries, and I think the depth of the receiver class, this is a bold prediction, pushes him down a bit. LaVisca Cheneau from Colorado. What pick is this? Fifty five? No, I don't fifty five. There, I don't think he'll be there. I I think not being able to t- or like <laughs> testing kind of eh, and then the injuries. I think it pushes him down. But mean, mainly, I think this would be just such a fucking fun fit. Imagine getting Chanel on that offense, letting letting Greg Roman getting super creative with him. And I, as I said when we did the receiver show, I think he can develop more uh, as just a pure wide receiver too. So I think expanding him there. Uh, letting him be gadgety, I think that would just be such a fun fit. It would be. I know. Okay, at number 60. Uh, by the way, that pick was from Atlanta for Hayden Hurst, so replacing Hurst with Chanel would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> second round, pick 60. Uh, I, I got to get a guard to replace Marshall Yanda. Um, this is a guy I'm lower on than, than this selection, but I think, again, we talked about the guard class, that it's not that deep. Like, it's kind of deep, but the middle is weird. So I think guys who I have in the third round are going to end up being late seconds, possibly earlier. Uh, I give him Damian Lewis from LSU. As we talked about in our last show, he's a really safe guy. So just get him, probably plug him and play him, and you feel pretty good about that. Yeah, and what he does best is maul people in the run game, and obviously that's what the yes. offense is built for. I like that fit a lot. I like I like uh, all, I think all three of those are money fits. I just don't know if Shalom lasts that long. I know. Anyways, uh, third round pick ninety two. Gotham and Edge, uh, Jabari Zuniga from Florida. That's another fit I like. Me too. I, I think that pick makes a lot of sense. And uh, comp pick, third round, 106. I want to get them. Uh, this is an interesting one. I wasn't sure about It's a guy we talked about today. Spoilers. I thought they needed just some depth there at, at interior defensive line. Obviously, they didn't get um, Michael Brockers. He ended up uh, not being able to sign. So and, I, I they, got, and they accidentally traded Chris Wormley to the Steelers. Exactly. I mean, obviously, Clayus Campbell came in. They signed Derek Wolf. It's, it's just guys we talked about already. I gave them Raekwon Davis, who I think would kind of be interesting as a five, and then you can you know play him inside a bit. And who better for him to learn uh, how to use his length beautifully than Clayus Campbell? I think it's an interesting fit. Maybe a little weird, but uh, I, it crossed my mind. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to plug it in. Too early for me, but I, I get the thought process and the vision there. I think he's gonna go earlier than that, but you're, yeah, you're so high on Raquan Davis, just comping him to Clay's Campbell left. And I right. didn't. I said who would. It'd be yeah. great to have him there. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, other than that pick, I really like that for the Ravens. Bengals. Uh, Hold on. Can Can I ask you, Rob? Who, who would you Who would you like at IDL for the Ravens at that pick? At that pick. I don't. So I, like I don't one of the last there, picks. I don't, in the third. Yeah, I don't think there'd be anyone that like. Uh, yeah, I don't think there'd be anyone there um, worth the pick. See, that's like, yeah, like if Davidson, I don't know. I don't even know if I Davidson would Davidson. be off the board by then. Way off yeah, the board. Yeah, I think so too. And like, but yeah. I think Devon Hamilton's probably off the board by then too. Yeah, and I I don't even love the Hamilton. Yeah, I don't think that's much. a good fit. I'm just saying. Exactly. No, no. Yeah, that's why I kind of landed on Davis. Should have just traded back. That really confusing. <laughs> yeah. Said you traded back, acquired another third. Uh, next year and got Davis in the fourth. There you go. Okay, Bengals. 
Uh, obviously, they have the first overall pick. Joe Burrow is the pick, coming off the greatest passing season in college football history. Uh, he not only adds the charisma you want to be with the, your face of your franchise, he's from the state, so Mike Brown knows who he is. He even happened to play a little bit at Ohio State. He's also perfect in terms of his ability to extend plays and throw with pinpoint accuracy. We've talked about Joe Burrow tons. Everyone has. This is mm-hmm. obvious. It gets interesting at 33rd because top, top like first round guys could like there could be someone there who should have gone to the first round and just other needs push them there. Yep. I wasn't going to take that chance. I, I didn't want to be like, oh, this guy fell to the Bengals at 33 money. Uh, so I figured at 33, address your offensive line. You you took Jonah Williams last year at left tackle. You, you've extended Trey Hopkins as your center. Hoping your guards end up being some combination of Billy Turner, Michael Jordan, and Xavier Suafilo. It's not great. Uh, but I think you can go grab a right tackle here at 33rd. It might be a bit of a reach. We talked about how high we are on him. I think he could be a, a day two riser. Matt Pert from UConn. You plug him in at right tackle. I just really like the combination of him and Jonah Williams. I know it might be a bit early. Um but when when like they can't risk waiting till sixty five and hope one of the plug and play type tackles is still on the board. That's fair. I, I'm I'm yeah. It's a little early, but again, we both love Matt Pert. So really great athlete with a length too. So there's a lot of upside there. Maybe like tra- tr- this is a really great trade back spot too for them. Yeah. I how about them being a we we mentioned this on an earlier show. How about them being a potential trade up and getting Kenneth Murray. That would be interesting, too. Cause I just I, don't I, see them making a I, move up, I, but I like that fit. And I attack this pick figuring, Mur- like, Murray and Queen go in the first round so they can't take linebacker yes. at 33rd. So, yeah, that yeah. that's definitely another option. Trade up for one of them. Trade back. Go tackle. Stick and pick. Take – I just picked EPA. my fi- – I, I just kind of took my favorite tackle here. Uh, and then 65, they definitely need a linebacker, like you alluded to. Uh, again, stay in state. Mike Brown knows who he is. His name's Malik Harrison. Um, Malik Harrison, 65, maybe not the greatest value in the world, but it's a weak linebacker class, and I, I like Malik Harrison's ability as a plug-and-play backer a lot better than some of these other guys. I think he can be their day one Mike. Um, he's got – you've mentioned – like the, the he's got a combination of size, pretty good athleticism – Mm-hmm. Like he's probably by far the most complete linebacker you're getting uh, at this yeah. point in the draft. You know what? I, the more I think about it, I, I think Harrison's going to end up going the back end of the second round. Uh, yeah, me, me too. Um, I would not be surprised. Like if Baltimore doesn't go linebacker in the first round, the second round with a Malik Harrison makes so, so much sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Okay, you want to hit us with the Browns? Yeah. Uh, so obviously they got Jack Conklin. They still need the other tackle spot. You took Andrew Thomas on uh, the last show for the thank, Jets. Thank you for respecting me. I will. And uh, so I took Mikai Becton from Louisville, who maybe not the perfect left tackle, but he's played there. And, I, I, again, I don't – like if, as long as he has experience there, I don't think it's a big deal. And I like that fit a lot with the Cleveland Browns and that the Stefanski power run scheme. Um, and then suddenly you have – like – I know Becton's more upside than anything, but I, I think he'll be competent as a rookie. So between him and Conklin, you got solid bookends. Yeah, for sure. Uh, second round, 
Uh, I think you, they got to address that safety spot. Pretty lacking right now. I give him Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan. Let him come up and make plays in the box. They, I, I end up getting them a linebacker next, too. They need linebackers. So they just uh, they just need guys that can, can make plays around the they line. Should, they should be able to get one of the better safeties at this pick, too. And I, I like the Duggar fit. Yeah, I like we see Jeremy Chin sneaking up the board pretty big right now. So I kind of debated between the two of them. But I, I, my I take like, chins off the board by this pick. I, he might be, yeah, for sure. Exact, and uh, I kind of like the Duggar fit more, anyways. Um, we kind of talked about the linebacker class already. I, I wanted to get a linebacker for the Browns, but I kind of struggled which pick to get them to, and who. So I ended up landing here at seventy four in the third round. I got them Akeem Davis Gaither, another speedy linebacker to go with uh, Mac Wilson from Bama last year. I, I, they also have Siani Tekitaki. I know they do, Rob, but how was he last year? I don't know. Mac Wilson played over him. Exactly. I, and they picked him, what, 80, which sucks. But I, <laughs> I think they still got to address uh, the linebacker spot. I'm sorry, Rob, because you, you, you know you like the Taki Taki. But, what the um, f- Don't put that on me. <laughs> well, oh no, you didn't like you didn't like Taki Taki. I forgot. No, no t- you, Johnny Tave from Hawaii. Yeah, sorry, you like Tave. I'm sorry. Okay, Pfft, fuck you. <laughs> so here we go. Get ADG, and you feel a lot better than that Taki Taki pick. Uh, and at ninety-seven, I wanted to get them another wide receiver. I think a lot of the guys are gonna be going to be off the board at this point. So I have a guy that I like in the fourth round. He, I think he'll probably be a third-round pick. I don't love him, but get them a bigger jump ball guy to uh, to complement Jarvis Landry and OBJ. I give them Michael Pittman Jr. From he'll USC. be off, he'll be way off the board by now. See, I don't. I kind of wanted to talk about him because I, I don't know where he's going to go. I ran a poll the other day, and I just threw four of the big jump ball guys in it. And it was like, which yep. receiver do you have highest? And I think I, it was Colin Johnson, Michael Pittman, um, Chase Claypool, and Gandy Golden, just for the laughs. And uh, Pittman won the poll. Like, 500 people voted. Really? Big flex. And Pittman won the poll by, like, he had 74% of the vote. Really? See, I, if you were to ask me, I would think... Johnson and Claypool off the board here for sure. And then uh, I'm not sure Pittman's off the board. I have, I have Pittman above those two, for the record. I have him okay. 69th on my board. Wow. Oh, fuck. I didn't know you were so high on Pittman. You moved him up a lot since we did the receivers, didn't you? Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. I, I went back and I've uh, I've been brushing up on guys who, uh, like, I mean, I, I watched a little more John Hightower. Now, I don't think he's going in the third round like Daniel Jeremiah does, but he... You like uh, him more? Yeah. He actually reminds me, I got a comp for him, Robbie Anderson. Really? That's interesting. So, wait, how high... I, I know this is off topic, but how high are you on Hightower? Uh, let me find him on my board. This is Sorry. hard. Well, I mean, I could control F, but that's not good content. Uh, like one, Like fourth round. Wow, I, have a, okay. I, have a, I have a clump of fourth round guys like him, Prochet, Courtney Davis, um, mm-hmm. um, Lim Bowden, Isaiah Hodgins. They're all like clumped together in that fourth round range. Okay, all right. I, see, I have Pittman in the fourth, so I, I don't know. I think this is his range to be honest, but we'll see. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I, I was thinking like, every time we do one of these, and one of us say no, he'll be off the board. I kind of wanted to keep track and see if how many times we were right about that. That'd be good. So no, that, that sounds was, like a lot of effort, but so go ahead. But I, because I'm not putting that effort in, but if I will put the effort in. And this is the only one you said off the board, right? Yeah, off the board for Michael Pittman. 
I, th- I think so, right? Who's the rave? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Okay, that was all your picks, right? Yep. Okay, the Steelers don't have a first-round pick because they got Micah Fitzpatrick. Thank you, Miami. Good pick. Uh, 49th. It's interesting because a lot of Pittsburgh faithful want them to go, like, running back and wide receiver. They have a, a, a third-round comp, 102. Uh, they A lot of Pittsburgh uh, faithful want them to go wide receiver and running back with these two picks. I'm as a Steelers fan, I'm not super down to keep drafting running backs. Uh, at least in uh, like on day two, like James Conner, sure he had a bad year, no doubt. Jalen Samuels did not look very good. Benny Snow was way overdrafted. Let's not like unless someone really falls to forty nine. Like if Jonathan Taylor's there, okay, I uh, like that. That's a money fit, but don't overdraft a guy like. Agreed. Don't take AJ Dillon here, please, or something weird. It's gonna happen. And, and offense is the bigger need, but if Josh Uche's on the board, that's who I want. All right, I wasn't. I'm glad we have. I mean, we haven't talked to Uche much at all, really. Well, because Edge is next week. Well, is it really? That's awesome. I, I was thinking about picking him both of these shows so uh, i'm glad you landed with your your uh, steelers rob and why i want him here is because obviously they tagged bud dupree who knows if that's going to be a long-term thing or not i also think josh Uche can play off ball he's got the versatility yeah. to rush off the edge and play a little bit of off ball um the vince williams spot is the heavy blitzing spot next to devin bush so if Uche played a little bit of that and you use that versatility, he also plays special teams. I just think it's the smartest pick for both long-term and short-term. And I also think he's a freaky athlete who has a ton of <coughs> pass rush upside. Reminds me of Bruce Irvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I love his energy. I'm a big fan. Uche, like, he uses speed to power so well, and it kind of got oversh- overshadowed he's in a, Michigan. He's a weird build and... But yeah, he, like, I mean, six like, one two four or something. Yeah, and he dominated the the senior bowl. So I, I I just really love him. I think he's like a top fifty ish sixty at the worst lock. Yeah, it feels like it yeah. at this point, right? Yeah, I I like that fit a lot because I've I like almost picked him for the Bills, but I'm like I'd rather see him be a bit of a hybrid guy. Yeah, for sure. Even though I thought he'd be a really fun successor for Jerry Hughes, but I'm like no. So I'm glad I'm glad we got him to a fun spot. And then at 102, I again, I had the conversation, do I, like, as a Steelers fan, I hope it's not a running back. Give, give me one of these other guys in the fourth round. Um, yes. Overtaking one here. And it, it, like, anyway, uh, go wide receiver. If, if, we're, if you're uh, attacking offense and you're not going offensive line, um, and I assume you're not going tight end based off the Eric Ebron signing, go receiver. Uh, obviously... Juju's, uh, he's in a contract year. Um, James Washington, there's been flashes, but inconsistent. I think Deontay Johnson looks good going mm-hmm. forward. I think he had a really strong rookie year, uh, and, and I'm hopeful there. But Tyler Johnson, I know there's people all over the map on him. I love Tyler Johnson. He can be a Tyler Boyd type of big slot who can be B or Z, can play inside. Great route runner. Yeah, he has concentration drops. But I just I love Tyler Johnson so much and he to me is a Pittsburgh Steelers receiver. They value that type of route running nuance mm-hmm. and that that's just that would make me so happy. That would be I mean, just draft big ten guys, that's my take. And then Michael P. Ryan will be there in the fourth for them. Exactly. Or fifth. Who cares? Undrafted. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, gang. Um, tune in on next show for Edge Rushers and AFC South Draft Preview. Goodbye.